listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning. We've all heard that phrase, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Perhaps we said it ourselves when we were children, or we've heard our children say it, particularly on long car rides. It's difficult. It's difficult to wait. It's difficult to be patient. That's exactly what our lesson is about today. It's about patience. Patience is listed in Galatians as a fruit of the Spirit, and it is often said that patience is a virtue. The Old Testament passage for today is about Jacob working for seven years in order to be married to his wife, only then to realize that his marriage was going to be not to the sister that he thought he was marrying, and he had to work another seven years. That requires a fair amount of patience. And Solomon, Solomon asked to be wise, but his wisdom didn't come overnight. In fact, A lot, I think, that Solomon learned, he learned over a lifetime, and that he really only truly grew wise as he got older. Jesus tells uh, many parables about what the kingdom of God is like, and several of them are listed in a row, kind of in uh, quick succession, at the end of Matthew chapter 13. And it's this gospel passage that we're going to focus on. So let's, let's hear the words of Jesus as he talks about what it's like, that is, what the kingdom of God is like. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all of this? They answered, yes. And he said to them, Therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household, who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. All of these lessons that Jesus teaches us are lessons of patience. The bird may see the mustard seed planted, but the bird can't just sit around and wait and wait and wait. Or I guess in some ways the bird has no other choice. If the bird is going to occupy the 
the branches or the shade of the of the mustard plant of a bush or once it grows into a tree that the bird can perch in. It's going to really take some time. Or the person who's making the bread, you can work the yeast into the bread, but you can't just work harder or faster. It's going to take a while for the bread to rise. The the yeast has to spread at its own pace. It's not something that you can just by force make it happen. Or those various types of merchants, the one who buys the field or the one who saves up and, and buys the pearl. We've all experienced that in, in a very kind of realistic way in our lives where we've seen something and we had to save up for it. Or maybe we didn't save up for it. We just stuck it on a credit card because we lacked patience. And then there's the idea of fishing. I used to fish some with my father and even his father uh, when I was very little, although I wasn't very good at it. I lacked the patience that it required. Kind of growing up in the mountains, there was an expectation that you might be good at hunting or fishing, but I really wasn't myself. I was an impatient child, and in some ways, I'm an impatient adult. So as I uh, talk about these lessons that Jesus has for us today, I'm going to be trying to teach myself as much as I'm trying to teach any of you. It's not something that comes, that comes naturally to me. It's something that I have to work at. It's something that I have to practice. Henry Nowen wrote this nice little booklet, and um, it's called, I think, The Practice of Waiting. And it talks about patience, but I like what he has to say about it because it's not just a matter of passing time. It's not, uh, patience isn't just the act of waiting, but it has to do with the attitude that we have while we wait. This is what um, Nowen has to say about patience and about waiting. He says, waiting is not a very popular attitude. Waiting is not something that people think about with great sympathy. In fact, most people consider waiting a waste of time. Perhaps this is because the culture in which we live is basically saying, get going, do something, show you are able to make a difference. Just don't sit there and wait. For many people, waiting is a dry desert between where they are and where they want to go. And people do not like such a place. They want to get out of it by doing something. I think there are various ways that we might think about patience, um, about waiting, about the small kind of moments in between the other times that we have in our lives, in which I think we do find the kingdom. The first is kind of interpersonal practice of waiting. That is, when we're dealing with other people, we often want them to produce uh, more quickly. We want them to get their work done so we can get on with ours. And if we're having to wait on someone, whether it's waiting on a server to come at a restaurant or waiting at a teller at the bank or uh, waiting for someone else that we work with to, to send us an email or get us a report, we often find ourselves in our jobs and the activities of our day having to wait on someone else. But that opportunity of waiting gives us this uh, potential to put into practice patience, 
I mean, one of the things that we're doing is just being aware, being aware of ourselves and being aware of the other and putting into use a bit of our own emotional intelligence, not being so quick to kind of judge them for their uh, lack of performance or for the fact that they're making us wait. It goes to this idea, again, that now and we'll talk about that waiting is active. Waiting is not passive, or maybe to put it better, that patience is active. That patience is engaging those moments of pause, not simply enduring them. But that, that true patience comes by kind of practicing that. And other people can be our best teachers in that regard. There's a second way besides the interpersonal way that we can practice patience, and that is as we kind of endure hardships, a certain amount of fortitude in our lives that kind of enables us to get through the tough times. So whether those tough times are physical or economic, or certainly these times of the quarantine and the coronavirus, there is a lesson to be learned in that a simple life and a patient life is something that we can learn from hard times. We can see this whether we're talking about setbacks in our lives, maybe uh, there's a job that we wanted or a promotion and we're having to wait. It's not coming in the time that we would like for it to come. Or perhaps we have like a long-term goal and that's not achievable kind of overnight. Those types of hardships, just like people in our lives, hardships in our lives, difficult times, can be a great teacher. And it can teach us to practice patience. There's another way in which I think that we can, in a way, practice patience with ourselves. And I might call this the, the hassle of life. It, it's not when we're actually dealing with other people personally or when we're dealing with what's truly kind of hard, hard times in our lives. But just like traffic or standing in a grocery line, that we can be impatient, you know, wanting things to just move on. But one writer said, when we wash the dishes, we should just wash the dishes. What he's saying in that is that we should pay attention to whatever we're doing. Because if we're, if we're always just kind of reminiscing about what's past, or if we're just trying to get through what we have to do in order to get on to something else, we might miss out on our very lives. If I'm always expecting something to be better in the future, I think this is, this is something that I have struggled with sometimes in my own life. Like if I could only make it to, to college, if I could move out of the house, if I could only get through college, if I could only get through graduate school, if I could only get married, if I could only get that job, if I can only get that promotion, if we're constantly longing for something that we don't yet have, there's a sense in which a lack of contentment, a lack of patience, means we'll never really experience the life that we do have. And the kingdom of God, I believe, is in the mundane. It is in the everyday. 
It is, it is in those moments of life between the notes, the pauses that we take, uh, the times of silence or solitude, the times in which we are aware, aware of God and God's presence, aware of one another. Simeon Vey, um, or Simone Vile, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce her name, says that waiting patiently in expectation is the foundation for spiritual life. Prayer is a great practice for patience. That when we pray, it requires us to wait so that not only are we waiting on God in terms of time, but it gives us an opportunity to, to wait. I saw this too once. I saw that uh, someone described patience as it relates to our practice and as it relates to uh, other people in our lives. They said that patience with our family is kind of an expression of love. I really like that, that patience with our family is an expression of love. And I think it is to be patient with one another. It, it honors them. It gives them some space and time. And again, this is not just kind of condoning um, laziness. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a very laid back person and I, I can easily kind of let things go. Um, I see the world and I see opportunities that need to be explored. I mean, other people see the world and they see decisions that need to be made. And if, if I didn't have folks like that in my life, I don't, I don't know that I would ever get anything done. But I do, and I'm, and I'm grateful for it. And so one way in which I might be patient with them is that I can appreciate that sometimes decisions need to be made. And in one way that they might uh, be patient with me is they can appreciate that there are options to be explored. Being patient with others is an expression of love, but it's also a, an expression of respect. We show that we respect someone else when we're patient with them. Because if we're just being impatient with them, then their way of being in the world, the, the, their essence, their ideas, their, their perspective, we, we're not treating it with respect if we're just trying to move on. Again, I, I find this challenging. I'm often stuck in the ideas of my own head. And even when I'm in a conversation with someone, I'm often thinking about the next thing. And I have to practice patience, listening to the, to the other person and paying attention to the other person. Is this practice of patience? And it shows them love and it also shows them respect. There's a way in which patience is expressed not just with others though, our family or people we work with or even people we don't know, people that we sit behind in traffic or people that we stand behind in the grocery line. But patience can also be practiced with ourselves. That sometimes we can get impatient with, with ourselves, like am I getting enough done or am I accomplishing what I need to accomplish? And by showing patience to ourselves, it's a sign of, of confidence. It's a sign, we're showing, 
we're showing ourselves that that we believe that we can and will, you know, endure the hardship or or mitigate the hassle or, or show a certain amount of, of self-control um, that is is just a matter of of practice, but it's also a matter of maturity. And so we can a, a bit of self-confidence in ourselves can get expressed um, by being patient. And then I think it's also important for us to be patient with God. God is patient with us. And being patient with God is an act of faith. Like we show our faith in in our patience. You know, we pray for God to do things and we pray for God to, to save us or to heal us or to transform us into the image of his son. We pray for deliverance and we often wait. We pray for justice. Like that's a, that's a big thing. I think we want God to kind of come and just make things right. And of course, if, if God were to do that, we would be disappointed if God didn't just make the wrong things right that we're pointing to. <laughs> but we don't want God necessarily to make all wrong things right because some of those things we find in our own selves. And the fact that God is patient with us, I think does express uh, kind of a beautiful thing about God. And in these parables that we see, and in other parables that are, that are also here that didn't get mentioned in the reading, but there's a parable about a field that gets, show, uh, that gets um, sowed with, with wheat and then weeds. Um, and then they realize, oh no, these weeds are here too. And some people are anxious to kind of pull them up. But then the farmer knows that if we, if we pull those up, we're, we're going to destroy the wheat in the process. And really our only option here is kind of wait to the harvest. And so that's really where we find ourselves, I think. The kingdom of God is at hand. God did, finally, act in a very decisive way, fulfilled the promises that had been made in the person of Jesus Christ. God dealt with evil. God dealt with death. And all of the ramifications of that, all all of the outcomes of that, have yet to be realized in our lives. And so we wait. It's like the kingdom. It's here, but it's small, but it's growing, and it's happening in our lives. People who have a lot of self-discipline certainly experience this and understand this and know it at a level, I think, that's, that's deeper maybe than some of the rest of us. That is, you can't just exercise one day and think, oh, I've changed. You can't change your diet, you know, for a day and think you're going to lose weight if that's your goal or gain weight for if that's your goal. In the same way with spiritual matters, you can't just practice prayer, you know, once, you know, sing a song, say a prayer, attend a service read a scripture and think, whew, 
I wonder why this isn't working. Because that's not how it works. <laughs> it's, it's a lifetime. It takes decades. Uh, we lean into this with faith, believing that God is working and, and acting like the seed that was planted or like the leaven that's been worked into the bread or like, or like the fishing or like the finding of something, of something marvelous. Circling back around to Solomon, you know, Solomon is known for his wisdom and, and we get stories where he did do a number of very wise things. But we also have a lot of stories about Solomon where he really messed up. Um, I mean, he made a lot of mistakes. I mean, the guy was married 300 times. That's not a success story. And on top of that, he had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of concubines. Also not a success story. And all of those wives, for sure, and a lot of those concubines kind of brought with them because they weren't all from Israel, right? And so they brought with them the worship of their gods. And so they established the worship of their gods in the land of Israel, which was a horrible thing. And the nation suffers from it. I mean, Solomon was a great builder. He built the temple, but he left his children a divided kingdom. They split between the northern kingdom and the southern, between Israel and Judah. And that's a tragedy. But we do see Solomon kind of late in life, to the, to the extent that we kind of associate uh, Solomon with Koheleth, the teacher, from, from the book of Ecclesiastes. And, and what, what the teacher, right, what the Solomon character has learned, has been learned through kind of a long life that things that he thought would uh, fulfill him haven't. Fame and money and power and status, they're vapor, uh, they're, they're smoke, they, they don't last. And there is a, there is a wisdom that comes um, from realizing what truly has value. And that comes, my friends, I believe, by, by slowing down, by paying attention, um, by waiting intentionally with the right attitude, also known as practicing patience. So the celebration of communion uh, can do that too. That as we come to the table, we don't just come and eat our elements as, as quickly as we can, but whether if we're together and we're processing, we have to wait for others or if we kind of hand out the elements of communion, we wait, right? We don't wait and we don't just take as soon as we receive, but we wait on others. And that's, that's an important, that is an important practice. It's in the very fabric of the kingdom. And there is a contentment and a fulfillment and a kind of a fullness of life that that is only um, apprehended, it's only experienced through this kind of long and slow and intentional attention that is practiced in patience. So as I said, 
This is not something that I feel comes naturally to me. It is something that I have to practice. And I prayed, I pray to God that he will help me practice this. And, I, and my prayer is the same for you too, that this day, this week, you might uh, slow down just a little bit. You know, learn, learn to say no to some of those activities. Um, delete some things in your lives that are kind of meaningless. And, and instead, pay careful attention to those things that, that you do, that you have to do, um, and appreciate them. Appreciate them for the life that they are and the lesson that we can learn from them. Whether that's someone else, whether that's kind of difficult times in our lives, or whether it's just the, the, the kind of everyday hassle or difficulties that we have. Um, don't let those things get by you, those people get by you, without maximizing the opportunity to put in practice patience. I love you. I can't wait to see you. And between now and then, I'm going to do my best to practice patience. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.